One day, I was just on my computer, I think doing homework, and I got the urge to watch pornography. And I'd been trying to stop for a while um, at this point, and I really didn't want to do this time. I was like, one, I'm busy, I had stuff to get done, and I'm like, I know how wrong this is, but I was like, I can't overcome, I can't overcome this urge. I almost, I guess you could say, made a bet with God where I said to him, God, if you can free me from this, I will never doubt you again, what you can do because you know, I'd seen it with the OCD, but this this thing felt like a bigger giant. It felt like, you know, I've been trying to overcome this for like six years at this point, and I've even been free and fallen back into it. I woke up and I remember hearing this voice note from my mom, and she didn't know what I was going through at the time, but she said something along the lines of, you can't do it off your own strength. Growing up, I always like to say like, I, I believed in God, like I, I, I saw, you know, the trees and the sky. And I, I always had that idea that, you know, a painting has a painter and building as a builder. And uh, there's never any part of me that was an atheist that didn't, that questioned God's existence. Um, if anything, I say it's more so I believed in God, but I just didn't obey him. So uh, growing up, uh, my mom got saved when, in 2009. So I was about eight years old and she got radically saved. So that's when she started taking me and my brother to church. Um, sometimes uh, it would be just willingly we'd go because we saw the change in her life and uh, how joyful she was. She talked to us about Jesus. And then sometimes she'd have to drag us. Uh, she, she would just have to <laughs> make us go, which I'm so grateful for now. But it was through that, uh, through my mom getting saved, that I'd be in church and I'd hear, like for the first time, the full gospel. So I'd hear that Jesus died for our sins, that he, he rose again, that he's coming back, that you have to serve God. My mom really instilled it to me at a young age, like to live for Jesus. And I saw how much it had taken over her life with her reading the Bible all the time. Just from that age, uh, seeds were planted early on uh, about hearing about the gospel. And I remember becoming so fascinated with it. It was after that that I, I started just searching up a lot of um, I guess you could say like just Christian videos. So it can, whether it was a movie scene about something about Jesus or it was um, people who would preach on the street. I used to watch a lot of those videos. Um, I think part of me just was interested in the fact that you know, a lot of people will argue with them and, and they just knew the Bible really well. But that was uh, something I was very fascinated in. So I, I kind of grew up in a, in a bit of a chaotic household. Um, like I have a blessed family and my parents were amazing, but just like normal families, like you will have issues and uh, I think from a young age, uh, the enemy sort of whispered this lie into my ear. And I actually remember really believing this at the time that my own problems were like a burden to my parents. So, you know, being in a bit of chaos, like just whether it was fights or just stuff that was happening between my family, I always remember this feeling, feeling of um, if I were to tell my parents my issues, it's just gonna add on to like what they're already going through. It's gonna add more stress. And specifically with my mom, I remember seeing how stressed she would get just because of life, you know, uh, raising two kids. I remember thinking like, dang, my mom, like, I don't want her to like die of stress. So I would be very quiet about my own issues. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would just keep it inside the whole time. And I did that for, for years. And eventually, um, you know, I would, I, would, uh, I would never really cry. And then there'd be months that go by, I never cry. And then I'd just have a complete breakdown of just holding in all the pain I was going through. And 
It was actually around uh, 10 or 11 years old that I developed uh, severe OCD. So OCD, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, best way I could describe it is um, just kind of obsessive thoughts and tormenting thoughts. To give a bit of an example, um, with OCD, a, a lot of times it's like patterns or numbers or just things that you obsess over and then you're compelled to do. So mine had a lot to do with like even numbers and like touching things. So for example, if I picked up a remote, I had to pick it up twice. I always had to do stuff like an even amount of times. You know, if I opened, if I closed the doorknob, I had to close it twice. And it started out honestly with just kind of more innocent stuff like that. It wasn't like ruining my day. It was just like an extra little task I had to do. And I didn't even know why I had to do it, if I'm being honest. But I just knew that if in the moment, if I didn't, I didn't feel right. It just led into, the more I did it, the, it just led into more and more severe OCD. So I'd have these, um, just these fears of like, if I don't do this certain pattern, if I don't lock my door four times, let's say I lock it five times, now I gotta lock it six times because it's an even number, something bad was gonna happen. Like either my mom was gonna uh, die. I, would have, I always had this fear that my mom coming back from work was gonna hit by a car and I'd be waiting for her outside just to make sure she like, I knew she would get home at 5.30. If she was late, I'd be freaking out. Wow. And I just had this worry of like, if, if I didn't do those, OCD, I guess you could say rituals that um something bad was gonna happen. Like I, I would get sick or just, yeah, this is these lies that the devil whispers in your ear that something really bad is gonna happen. So the result of it is that you actually go into like full blown panic, even though if you do, if you kind of obey it, it'll ease, it just gets worse the next time. And that's what I saw throughout my life of um, when I had it. So I remember probably a year, uh, a year in of it, uh, having it. Um, I still at this time don't really even know what it is. Like, I just know that I have to do these obsessive thoughts that come into my mind. I was at the time playing soccer. Growing up, I, I played soccer, I loved it. And uh, I was getting ready for a practice. And I think when I really realized it was really like just severe, and, and tormenting me was uh, I had to put on my socks for soccer a certain way. I always did. I would be like right sock, right shin pad, left sock, left shin pad. I think that's how it was. And I remember one day, something that took me, if it was just no OCD, probably two minutes, I was probably put on my socks for 45 minutes to an hour. And I was crying. I was like, that moment, I was like, I am a slave to this. Like, I, this is not normal. I felt so weird. I knew this wasn't even a common thing. I didn't, I didn't know it was called OCD. I just knew that I was crying over like not putting my socks on the proper way. And I was having a panic attack. I was crying. I was just um, afraid of like what might happen. And it's, it sounds so crazy to me now, but back then it was so real. It was so just, I was so afraid of, of the consequences if, if I didn't do things properly. That, that was about a year in of having it. At this point, also my parents, like I said, my parents don't know. Uh, my mom doesn't know anything about it. I'm still trying to figure it out on my own. But now I'm starting to realize that, okay, this is this is um, something that's messed up. Like, I, I don't know what's wrong with my brain, but no one I know like deals with this. It was also at that time, um, the OCD, it only got worse, but to kind of, I, I believe to cope with that anxiety that came with it, that obsession, I started uh, getting into watching pornography at a young age. I was exposed actually very young to it. Um, when I was at a sleepover uh, with some of my uh, friends, I remember uh, one of them pulled out porn, uh, like a porn website on my iPad. 
And I was I was so upset in the moment because I knew that was wrong. And it was my iPad too. So I was like really upset that he had done that. That was when I actually started getting into watching it. I still had the OCD at the time. And obviously at that age, you're yeah, around 12, your body's like hormones, you're, you're starting to uh, get exposed to that. It became quickly an addiction. It became something that I used to cope with the anxiety and the pain. And uh, at the time I, I, I knew it was wrong. I didn't exactly know why, but I knew that I felt gross after any time I watched it. And uh, it just quickly became something I did all the time. So fast forward another year, um, around this time, uh, I'm 13, about 13, and I've had the OCD for a few years. Um, never really talked to anyone about it. Still struggling with the porn addiction. And I'd say that the heightening point, the point of like the, the worst it ever got was this one night where I had to do a certain thing, OCD, I guess, ritual before I go to bed. OCD a lot of times will make you do stuff in order to do other stuff. So if I want to go out, I have to do this first. If I want to go to bed, I have to do this first. And like I said, mine had a lot to do with numbers and like tapping things. So um, I had to do this weird thing where I'd like tap the floor a certain amount of times before I go to bed in a, in a particular way where it's like each time you tap, it's like more pressure with your hands. And as I was doing it that one night, it's crazy. I'd done it before. Um, and like done it in a way where I, okay, I feel peace to go to bed, but this night I couldn't uh, get it right, I guess you could say. And I was like in complete agony. It was probably three or four in the morning and I was crying. Like it reminded me so much of just like when I was putting on the socks, I just wanted to sleep. I remember saying, like, I don't know if I was crying out to God or just saying it, I said, I just wanna go to bed. Like I just wanna sleep. And it was so tormenting and uh, Basically, while I was doing it, my mom, she sort of saw me. She didn't know what was going on. She just, she didn't even see me doing like so much the OCD thing. She just saw that I was in complete like panic, hyperventilating, crying. And um, she was pretty like very stern with me. She's like, you need to talk to me or whatever this is. Like you, you have to come talk to me. And this is like three or four in the morning. She's probably, she needs to go to work the next day because of that previous lie that, you know, my, my only issues were burdens on my parents. I had a real problem with vulnerability. Um, so it really took until, um, I think God like placed her there to see it so that she could call me out. Cause I don't think I would have gone to her myself. I did the whole, uh, OCD thing. I, I didn't even do it right. I was just crying cause I couldn't. And I felt like I was having a panic attack and I went to my mom and I pretty much just opened up about everything that uh, I'd been going through for the last three years. And she was very compassionate. Um, she felt so bad that, you know, I hadn't told her, but I also did explain to her that, you know, that with everything happening with our family, I didn't want to like, I guess you could say, um, just burden her, even though I know that's not how she was. She was actually very supportive and she, she wished I had told her sooner. And, um, I just told her, I had, mom, I have these obsessive thoughts. I have these patterns that uh, things I can't go to bed unless I do this. I can't go to soccer unless I do this. And, and I didn't know what it was, but all I know in that moment is that we had prayed and, you know, being in the church, like I, I wasn't even going that consistent, but I'd heard stories about God doing the impossible. Like even hearing stuff in the Bible, like him splitting the Red Sea, like I knew that God wasn't limited to healing someone from OCD or whatever I had at the, that I, I didn't know was OCD at the time. But as we prayed, I remember I prayed, we, we prayed and I went to bed. And the next day I woke up and it was just different. That's the best way I could explain it. So it wasn't so much that um, every single thought you ever had goes away. 
it's more the the compulsion goes away of like oh i don't feel i don't need to do that i'm not gonna like die if i don't do that and i just still have like sometimes those thoughts of like uh you know whether it's picking up a remote twice but i'm like oh i don't need to do that and all of a sudden i was i just knew i was free and the best way i could explain it is like i i i knew that jesus was the one who had freed me so we had prayed and it wasn't this crazy like healing prayer it was just like we cried out to god and we talked to god and he met me in that moment of when i was i had severe ocd and i remember the next day being so grateful to jesus like at that young age i, I counted it all like me being at peace in my mind to jesus and i would say, i remember specifically saying to my mom life is so much better i would always say life is so much better like i couldn't fathom at that point before that my i could have peace in my mind that i could not spend like ocd eats up a, a, like a lot of time in your day like i could go to bed with without like having to do something for an hour of just tapping the floor for no reason like that compulsion went away and i i was so grateful to jesus so that's when i started reading my bible and it wasn't even i, I didn't have my own bible at the time i'd read my mom's pink woman's devotional bible and I'd read the gospels and I was so grateful. Now I had something when I looked at the Bible and I saw the miracles that happened, I had something to be like, oh, this is what Jesus did for me. He set me free from something that I was completely enslaved to, but also didn't see hope. And I didn't see a future without OCD. It wasn't even normal to me to not have to have to do those things. So I was so grateful. And that's, uh, that's when I say I first really encountered the love of God. So yeah, that's, that's, um, how uh, he healed me from OCD for the next year. Um, also, uh, after you know he healed me from OCD, I remember being so grateful that I like made a vow to not watch porn anymore, and I did. Like I, I stopped. Like I was like, God, you freed me. I'm not gonna watch this stuff. I knew I knew it was wrong, and stopped from there on. And um, I'd go to church uh, like here and there, but I would, the main thing was really just reading my Bible and like you know praying, talking to God, and just really always going back to that moment where he had freed me from something that I was completely like, didn't see me ever being free from. And I, yeah, I fell in love with Jesus, fell in love with the word. But uh, as time went on, I say the main thing is that I, I, I didn't really abide in Jesus. Like, like I'd read my word, but it was definitely like, just less and less as time went on, you know, I'd be playing more video games, more just doing stuff that a, a 13 year old would do at that time. I didn't surround myself with community. My mom would like, she'd want me to go to church, but she also wouldn't force me. And it, it's, it's, I'm grateful she gave me that choice, but I would go every now and then, and it would only really be the service. It wouldn't be like kids my age, but be like the older adult service. I didn't have really any Christian friends. I just, I knew Jesus. I was grateful that he had freed me and I, I did love him. But as time went on, I just kind of started to care more about, you know, my interests and the world and things that you get caught up in at that age. And I remember a year of uh, that, I was fully just like, Jesus, not going to watch porn for a whole year. And then uh, me and my family, we actually went to Cuba on a vacation. And at that point, I remember we were on this, uh, in this like van on the way back to our, the place we we're staying. And I was in my head, I'm like, God, this is when like I, like now I'm like a little bit further away from God. I'm not really spending time with him anymore as much at least. And I was like, why is porn wrong? I was like, why, why is that something I can't do? Like, I think, I don't know if it was frustration or if it was just something that I just wanted it to not be a sin. And 
I knew it was like, no matter what I did, I couldn't not feel convicted about it. I could never see it as something right. But I was, I was almost like annoyed at God because of that. After that trip, I played around with temptation, uh, started looking on the internet, and eventually I just went back into it. The best way I could describe it, I just kind of gave in to that temptation. I started watching porn again um, after a year of just being clean from it. It just only led into a, a way more intense addiction and uh, for a longer amount of time. As I just uh, started watching more and more, I remember feeling this just real shame, like this real guilt. I definitely think like a part of it was like just conviction, pure out of um, my mom's prayers. That's one thing I really want to highlight is that I'm so grateful for my mom's prayers because um, as I gave into that temptation, I went into you know middle school and high school. And I remember my friends would literally be talking about stuff they're either doing with girls or showing like videos that they'd watch, specifically pornography. And I'd see them like laughing and like just just saying in a very jokingly manner because at that age it was something that like every you know, guy was doing. And I remember being like, dang, like I can't laugh about this. I'm so ashamed of it. I'm so like, I realize I'm a slave to it. And then also that it's wrong. I knew it was wrong. There was that wrestle with God of like, dang, why can't I just do it and feel no type of way about it? And I didn't realize I was, I was just actually asking to not have conviction, which is very dangerous. Um, so it was, I know it's through my mom's prayers, praying to keep me, praying that I would serve God one day, that I can never be content in my sin. And I'm grateful for that wrestle now that I look back on it. Back then I was definitely wrestling with it, but now I'm like, wow, thank, thankfully God, <laughs> thankfully uh, he convicted me of it. So uh, yeah, getting into high school, um, now that I'm a lot more just I'm not thinking about the Bible. I'm thinking more about my own interests. Uh, I started getting into more just sexual sin, like higher levels of sexual sin. So me and my friends, like kind of being in that party scene or, uh, you know, got into a bit of drinking. And then, you know, every now and then going to a club. It's weird. I, I did all this stuff almost like, I, I guess you could say I enjoyed it, but I also was never content. I was very like just seeking and try, almost like wanting to try it, like to see like if it would give me some sort of like, just contentment uh, or joy and I it was never fulfilling that void inside of me years go on I'm like in my junior year and uh I remember I remember just kind of being convinced of this lie that it was so like weird or wrong that I was still a virgin at the age of 17. I'd heard stories of uh, people just at my work just saying you know I lost my virginity at 14 15 and I was like, wow, I'm 17. What is wrong with me? How am I uh, still a virgin? And I look back on that and be like, wow, like, I was actually convinced of that. Something mm -hmm. that was so young. But back then I, I thought that I was generally like there was, I was either unattractive or um, yeah, just no girl would want to be with me. And I had to just like settle and like chase that. So that's exactly what I did. I started chasing that um, kind of like, I guess you could say hookup culture and wanting to be with uh, girls. And uh the uh, thing with sin is like if you're playing around with it long enough you, you will like find it the enemy has temptations everywhere so i was already watching porn like crazy but that's when i actually started getting into just sleeping around with girls and just straight up yeah fornication i'd say i had a solid year and a half uh, from the time i was 17 to 18 uh 18 and a half almost 19 of just pure like living that like kind of hooking up and uh having sex and just living in sin like I was uh, saying before, I was completely miserable. I was so convicted. Anytime um, I'd go to do something with a girl, I knew I was doing something wrong. The more, the more I did it, I say, just like the more empty I felt. So I would do that stuff, and uh, 
you know, I, there's a, there's a good amount of time where I say I just didn't care what God thought about it. Like I like I felt convicted, but I also like wasn't gonna go like repent or something. I just kind of wanted to just keep doing it, even though I knew it was wrong. I wasn't like gonna try to convince myself it was right. I just didn't care that it was wrong. I say there was a there was a time where I started to realize. Um, like the, the 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 conviction that came with it was a bit too much for me. I couldn't handle how heavy it was on me, and uh, I wouldn't say I tried to stop, but I began to talk to God about it. I, I began to say like, God, like I have this porn addiction, and I'm sleeping around, but I do not feel like I could willingly stop if I, you know, if I tried. Like I I think that this is just how I am, and I I was a slave to it, and. I say God started putting on my heart. The Holy Spirit was really, I think, drawing me. Like the Bible talks about, you can't uh, come to the Father unless the Spirit, you know, it draws you. Where I would start randomly searching up just uh, testimonies of people who were just on the other side of of what I was going through. So whether it was porn addiction or like, you know, I knew I knew that sex was supposed to be for marriage. So like they were not uh, doing that stuff anymore, just to give me some hope. So I, I would I would search it up. And I'd see people actually like testifying about how Jesus like set them free from it. And at that time, it felt so far in the distance of like, yeah, that ain't me. I remember just that lie of like, that will never be me. I was convinced of it too. I was like, they would tell their stories and I would be like, wow, it's amazing. But I, I truly believe like, I'm like, that's not me and that will not happen to me. One thing the Holy Spirit did that gave me that the smallest glimpse of hope was reminding me of when I felt that way about my OCD uh, about six years ago. So God using that that moment of where I was convinced I'd have OCD forever now was reminding me I felt this way about pornography and, and sex. And even though I was still like, you know, didn't feel like I'd be able to be free from it, I rem it gave me a small glimpse of hope that, you know, okay, I can be free from this one day. If Jesus it, Jesus did it for me before, like what's to say he can't do it again? Yeah. And I say actually kind of out, out of faith, I, I would record these videos uh, on my phone, just kind of saying to myself, David, like one day you're gonna you're gonna be watching this and you're gonna be free from pornography. You're gonna look back on this and and re and realize, oh, it's been a month, two months, uh, a year, and, and you're not some. It's not something you struggle with anymore. And though I, in those videos, I myself was completely addicted, I, I, I said my to pure faith because I, I, I did know that the Bible, the God I served, or the God that I claimed to believe in, um, that wasn't impossible for him. Uh, time goes on. Now, I'm, I'm still doing this stuff. I'm still uh, watching porn, but I kind of like cut off a uh, relationship with girls trying to have sex. Um, I had this, uh, it's, it's, it's weird, like a lot of people, if they go on a date, they kind of want it to work out, obviously, so they could sleep with the person. Me, I was scared that a date would go well because it will lead to that, and then I'm in sin, and then what if it's like a relationship where it's continuous sin? So I'd kind of have this issue of like, yeah, I don't want it to go well. I don't want to go on a date and it to go well. I'd rather just not have a girl in my life. That way, at least I'm not sleeping around. You know, if it's just a porn addiction, okay, I can work work on that uh, with God and I have this little calendar in my room of days where I try to go without watching porn and it'd always be like two days three days four days and I would just fall back in I remember it was this urge of like I'm doing something I have to stop put down what I'm doing and go watch pornography and I I, I didn't feel like I had a, like a say in it obviously I do because it's like my body but my flesh just completely took over me and uh that was uh, another moment 
like when I had the OCD where I realized, okay, I'm like, I know I'm a slave to this, but I, I talked to God. I'm like, okay, can you please, please free me from this? And that, that went on for months. Like I'd be the type of guy, like I'd literally watch porn and then pray, God, I'm sorry. Like every time, almost every day. And, uh, Honestly, the, the enemy kind of gave me this like fear, putting this fear of relapse to the point where I felt like there's no point in like crying out to God about this because like I'm just going to do it anyway. So it's like this fear of repentance, this thing of, you know, I'm not going to be able to overcome it. So like stop telling God things that you're not going to do. I think not really realizing that Jesus, he was with me in those moments to help me rather than, you know, being on the other side, waiting for me to get clean and then I can be his son. I look back on it now and I, I really realized that God was with me in those moments of crying, of wanting to be free. I had this lie that I had to like, I couldn't even enter enter a church. I, I actually believe this. I couldn't enter a church until I, I got rid of my porn addiction. So I'm not going out to pastors. I'm not asking anyone for help because I really struggle with vulnerability. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of pride, um, but also just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's some pride in that you don't, I guess, want to get help. Don't want people to see your brokenness and see what you struggle with. So at that time, so uh, I'm just crying out to God about it. I'm also like throughout this severely just, you know, depressed and always anxious because I can't overcome this. And I always say specifically with depression, like, uh, I would literally sleep because I didn't want to be awake. Like I would nap when I'm not tired just because I couldn't deal with like my life. I just, I had, I still had like a good family. I was doing sports and everything, but I just, I couldn't deal with like the fact of who I was and like that, that I was someone who had an addiction and I just felt all this shame and guilt. But um, I know, I know Jesus was with me in those moments. So as, as time went on, I like I said, I was watching testimonies and then I actually ordered uh, this book about how to overcome sexual temptation, which really pretty much just takes everything that the Bible says about sexual sin and kind of goes deeper into it, explains, um, you know, why it's such a severe sin, how the Bible, Bible even says how it's a sin against our own body. And I remember as I read that, I felt it, was, it wasn't so much shame, but it was more like, wow, I'm like doing something so wrong. I think I understood the severity of it, the severity of it more. And knowing what Jesus did on the cross that like, wow, like I'm doing the very things that put him on the cross. So uh, I remember reading some of that book and one day I was uh, just trying to watch another video, kind of like a testimony, people who are like stuck in pornography and all that stuff. And this, uh, this pastor, or I guess you could say evangelist would go in and like go into video game lobbies and just share the gospel. And one of the TikToks I saw of him, he was talking about, you know, repetitive sin. And that was a big thing. I was trying to like figure out, okay, how does someone overcome repetitive sin, sin that you actually want to change, but you just can't. And he said something along the lines that really hit me, it, uh, along the lines of, you love your sin more than God. And that broke me. That that was like, because I'd grown up hearing the gospel. I seen the videos, of, uh, Passion of the Christ, where Jesus Jesus is like literally nailed. And like, you see the blood in the, in the scars. I just remember thinking, I choose my sin over that over that love over that and it didn't feel like a choice it, like it was but i remember saying to god like i want to love you more than my sin i want to be able to like choose you but i i would i really cried out and like i said i'm a slave to this where that actually led to was one day 
I was just on my computer, I think doing homework, and I got the urge to watch pornography. And this time it was like, I'd, I'd been trying to stop for a while um, at this point, and I really didn't want to do this time. I was like, one, I'm busy, I had stuff to get done, and I'm like, I know how wrong this is, but I was like, I can't overcome, I can't overcome this urge. So I went to go watch porn, but this time I, I almost, I, I guess you could say, made a bet with God where I said to him, God, if you can free me from this, I will never doubt you again, what you can do, because you know, I'd seen it with the OCD, but this this thing felt like a bigger giant. It felt like, you know, I've been trying to overcome this for like six years at this point, and I've even been free and fallen back into it. So I said that to God. I still wouldn't watch porn anyway, but something changed. I Overnight, um, I woke up, and I remember hearing this voice note from my mom, and she didn't know what I was going through at the time, but she said something along the lines of, you can't do it off your own strength. And that hit me. I was like, oh my goodness. I, I, I remember the, like the calendar in my room and trying to go days of just distracting myself, days where I'm just trying to just not watch porn, just purely out of willpower, just like having no plan, no, no blocking anything, just pure like, I'm not going to do it. Just having this mindset of, yeah, I, I can overcome it. And I was trying to do it off my own strength for the longest time. And it wasn't actually until, you know, when I prayed that, I didn't realize I was inviting God in to help me because he wasn't this guy this who was mad at me, who was ashamed of me, that was saying, hey, you, unless you clean this up, like I can't help you. But he was actually coming in and doing the impossible <laughs> and setting me free. So I woke up the next day and it was different. I didn't have the desire. And I, I'd felt that sort of before, but this time was different. Why I say it was different is because I'd, I'd written this like little quote or i took a picture and wrote a caption and said the lord has set me free i'd say a day or two after i uh, prayed that prayer and it's not like i'd been free for six months a year two years it'd been two days but i, I had no desire to watch porn like completely six years of just every time i got that urge can't control it to i had no desire to watch it anymore wow and i was mind blown <laughs> i was like this is there's no way hmm. that's where jesus met me at it was september 27th 2020 when that was the last time i ever watched porn um been walking with the lord ever since but that was the moment where i'd seen jesus do the impossible and now it was like the turning point i'm gonna serve him like i was so ungrateful but i also as i started to you know really pray i started to realize god was just freeing me from not just that addiction, but the things that come with it, which is a lot of hurt, brokenness, depression. You know, even at the time, I, I had a lot of anger uh, towards my family and uh, just, just how I grew up and all the stuff I'd held in. And I had a swearing problem even. I remember uh, when I would, I, I used to like swear a lot and I'd be like, when did I become like this? Like, I, like when did I become so many swears? I used to think like when I was younger, I was like, oh, it's not cool to swear. And then I'd be someone, become someone who was cussing like crazy. So, um, God took that lust out of my heart. So after that day, um, I didn't know really what to do. I just knew that, okay, Jesus freed me and it was different. And actually I uh, I started reading the Bible again, but before I even opened my my Bible, I hadn't read it for years at this point. Like I, I heard verses here and there, but never like sat down and read it willingly. Um, I remember before I opened it, I prayed. I said, God, I know this book has changed people's lives. I know that it's going to do the same for me. 
this is before I'd like really heard uh, or read the gospels in a long time, read the New Testament, any, any, any part of it. I just said, God, like, I remember seeing my mom in her room for hours reading the Bible. And I was at, at that age, I didn't understand why she'd be doing that. And I just, out of faith, really said, God, I know that it's going to do the same for me. I, I went against this lie that I was the one exception that, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go back into my sin, that, you know, Jesus died for everyone and saves people except for me. And I, out of faith, I just prayed that. And that's when I really saw myself change. Like, God really took out my heart of stone, like it says in Ezekiel, and like, gave me a new heart. He completely changed my desires. Wasn't even just watching... Uh, porn. I, I, I desired actually to like live righteously. <laughs> um, I desired to, um, I was reading my Bible every, uh, pretty much every day. I, I fell in love with the word at that point. Um, I wake up every day, read my Bible. I do like an hour of just reading and an hour of writing notes and just really, I couldn't get enough of it. I remember like hearing like the book of Philippians for the first time. Like now that's something I read all the time, but in that moment I didn't know it. And it really just, the best way I could explain it is washed me from the inside out, completely cleansed me and gave me new desires. Um, I was still like in the same kind of like space, same friend group, same everything, same school, but I just was a different person. And it, it was amazing to me because as I would read the Bible, I literally feel this like burning in my chest. And I didn't, at the time, like, I didn't know what it was, but I think the Holy Spirit was just really just like cleaning me of like all the heaviness that was in my life, all the all the pain, all the trauma I went through, all the you know even the uh, the shame of like having a porn addiction in the past, and then OCD just really lifting that shame. I just kind of started talking about Jesus to people, and uh, I remember one specific moment actually where I'm with the same friends that I'd been doing all this party stuff with. We're in a car at a McDonald's. And I'm kind of, they're talking and I, it's, I was driving, but we were, we were parked then. I just kind of prayed uh, in my mind. I was like, God, I'm obviously a new person. You've changed me. Help me to just open a door to where I can talk about you. Because at this point, they don't know I'm a Christian. They don't, it's like, like the next day or something. I'd only be a Christian for like two days. And I just want a chance to like tell them like, this is my new life. I'm not going to be doing that stuff we were doing before. I want, I'm living for Jesus now. And I'm daydreaming, I'm, I'm talking to God about this. And out of nowhere, my friend says, um, he said, what do you guys think about God? And I just snapped out of it. I was like daydreaming and I went to like, what the heck did he just say? And I just began telling him like, hey bro, like the things I've been doing, like I, I was wrong. I've been actually living in, in sin and I actually don't want to do that stuff anymore. I, 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 Jesus changed me. Um, he, I told him about how he freed me from my porn addiction. I told him how um, I didn't want to sleep with uh, with girls uh, anymore. And even though that, like, th these are friends that were literally, they're picking me up every day. We just go out and uh, just have fun. We just hang out all the time. And uh, it was kind of out of nowhere to them, but this had been a process that was ongoing for so long that God was actually doing surgery in my heart and convicting me. But now he'd actually set me free. And I was so like, I'm not going back. I was so set on like living for Jesus. So I talked to them about this and uh, it was actually through that, my closest friends that I would try to evangelize to. I was still very timid at the time when uh, when I was uh, you know, new to my faith, but as I would try to evangelize, it taught me a lot about how much, I, because I was a new Christian, how much I didn't know the Bible. So I'd try sharing the gospel with them and I would make a mess of it. <laughs> like I'd try just oversharing, like talk about Genesis and the fall. And then I'd go to 
just too much detail and just i just basically left one night i was like i need to know this better i need to be able to share this i need to know the story of why i believe what i believe and that's when i went even harder in reading my bible and ordering books and trying to just understand how to effectively share the gospel and i still had this like giant like fear of people like just i was very timid when i got saved and i saw god even as i got as i uh, surrendered to him just invite him into that part of my heart and really just changed me, uh, really made me a lot more bold. And that was something even that I was convinced that, you know, I'm never going to be someone who can like speak their mind or, or share stuff. I think my worst fear was like being on a stage talking or like any sort of future. I had this big fear of if I gave my life to Jesus, what he would kind of like turn me into. So if he turned me into a preacher, like at the time, like, cool, you're, you're on a stage, but that terrified me. Like, I, I remember almost vomiting at the thought of it, like having to speak in front of people because that was so terrifying to me. <laughs> uh, but uh, ever since that 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 moment, I just, yeah, just started sharing the love of Jesus. Um, it wasn't, I didn't do the best job at it. I was sometimes a lot more timid than uh, I should have been. But uh, I started making videos, sharing the gospel, Throughout that, you know, had to lose some, lose some friends, lose some connections, but um, it was just different. I, I was so grateful to be able to do that. I'd, I'd make a lot of videos on my social media specifically uh, because I realized, okay, like the age we're in, I can like reach a lot of people with this. And even though this is kind of out of nowhere, it doesn't matter. Like this is my life now, and I'm proud of it. I'm proud of my Jesus. I was, I was so just like I, he. This is what he did in my life. Like you guys have to see this. And uh, ever since that point. I've, I've just really walk, been walking with the Lord and in a way where like I see like my old self and the Bible talks about this is like is dead like that old David that I talk about like he died with Christ and ended up getting baptized a few months later in uh, Lake Ontario in the winter actually when it was freezing cold but I just remember be, like coming out of that water and just being so like I'm a new person and that's just that's just where my life changed and ever since then i've been you know walking with the lord like i said and i've been making christian videos videos um reels kind of teaching the word of god but also uh just using the skills god's given me to really point people to him so w whether that's some sort of spoken word sharing about um, what jesus has done in my life or just filming other people and what god's done in their life that's that's really my heart's goal and to specifically do it through media uh, because I believe you can reach so many people through that. And uh, yeah, I work right now as just a videographer, editor. And that's really my heart's goal. So to really spread the word of Jesus and share what he's done in my life. Yeah, David, for people who um, are in that same place where you were struggling with um, OCD, yeah. maybe that person is watching right now and, and they're in that space, right, where they just can't break out of this 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 repetitive mold this 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 thing that's just really on their mind you more than anybody know what that is like what is an encouragement that you can give to that person that's dealing with that right now yeah i i'd say one of the uh, the biggest lies the enemy put in my mind was that it was impossible and that he wants you to believe that you actually can overcome it and i guess you could say that's like kind of the the whole point of the gospel is that you by yourself can't do it but an encouragement I would give is inviting Jesus into that place where maybe you feel ashamed or embarrassed of what you're dealing with. Because specifically with OCD, there's not, I say, too much light just shined on it. Like, it's not something you hear all the time. 
it's not even, I, I don't even really meet people who have had that. So if I do, it's very like, I can relate to them in, in a different way. Um, but I, I'd encourage them to really like never stop inviting Jesus into that place and crying out to him about, hey, I want to be free because the Bible talks about it. Like he can set you free. Yeah. And uh, that's something I'd say is like the enemy will really try to get you with is believing that it is impossible, believing that God cannot do it. When you see the, it in full context with the Bible and what he's done, it makes no sense because like God has done way greater things than freeing someone from OCD. Um, I mean, Lazarus was raised from the dead, right? Um, but really inviting God into that place of like, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to seek you, Jesus. And I know it's I know it's your will for me to be free from this. And really just not giving up in that, and, but inviting Jesus into it. Like, because you can't do it on your own. Yeah. On that same note, when if, for that person who's dealing with that pornography addiction, and we know that this is something that's even plaguing the church, Christians, mm-hmm. right? Um, huge percentage of people are addicted to pornography and you were there and now you're on the other side, right? Where you can testify about this. What is an encouragement that you can give to those people who are um, struggling with this addiction? Definitely do not make uh, the same mistake I did of just trying to go by sheer willpower and no plan. And, you know, you're just going to do it on your own. And after continuously failing, you're just going to keep trying, trying just out of pure willpower. One regret I do have, and I, I'd be careful to say regret because I know that God still like you worked it out, but I, I never wanted to get help. I, I Like I said, I had this lie that I couldn't go to even a, a pastor or a church until I was free from it. So I honestly believe um, God still freed me, but if I had gone to someone like a pastor or a church, like I know that they wouldn't have judged me, shamed me. They would have helped me, and I probably could have got free sooner. Even. I don't know. But at the time, I, I, I thought I had to do it on my uh by myself and yes you pray yes you seek god about it you see what the word god uh, word of god says about it but really i'd say getting advice and help from people who are believers who have overcome it obviously through jesus and getting help from people in the church like just seeking counsel Hmm. seeking some sort of outlet where it's not just me by myself in this addiction you can have accountability you can put things in place that will generally help you and you'll see yourself improve even if even if you're relapsing uh less often you'll see the improvement uh very quickly david who is jesus to you jesus is one my savior he's my savior from from sin from the sin that was plaguing my life and you know at the time i just saw it as oh i have i have a porn addiction i'm sleeping with sleeping with a woman but there was all sorts of sin in my life that I couldn't ever have just woke up one day and said, hey, I'm going to get rid of that. Whether it was anger, lust, whatever whatever was just speaking death over people by you know cursing at them. Um, he's my savior from my sin. Um, and that's something that I, I could have never done. So that, and he's, he's my Lord. Jesus is my Lord in that I live by his word. Like my standard to live by is the word of God. Um, I don't take one verse and say, oh, I'm going to live by this, but this verse, no. As you abide in him, like he, he'll challenge you and you'll start to look more like him. And uh, he, I have to obey him. He's my Lord. And lastly, um, he's my friend. When I think about every bit of you know shame and judgment, maybe people have hurt me. I think Jesus, Jesus is the one person I can run to. And like, there isn't that like condemnation. There is that like, even if you have a mess, like, come to me as you are you won't remain as you are but like come to me as you are you don't have to like fix yourself up and there's no 
you know, he's annoyed with me. There's no, he's angry at me right now. He can, even with correction, do it in such a loving way, in a way that's like a father. So he's my, he's my savior. He's my Lord and he's my best friend. David, any last words for people who are watching your testimony and have gotten to this point? Yeah, my best, my best thing I could say is just really <laughs> give your life to Jesus. And I say that in such a like serious note in that I had this lie in my mind that I had to like try out sin, that there it was there obviously was temptation from the world around me, but that, you know, I kinda had to try it out before I could really serve God. And it just left me with a lot of brokenness, scars. Like even when I gave my life to Jesus, I had to really deal with the consequences of stuff I had done. Mm. And if I could emphasize this specifically to someone who's younger and like they are they are being tempted by these things now. It's like, give your life to Jesus now. Like, try them out now. I promise you won't regret it. Like, you will see the fruit of actually being free from sin because you're not going to be able to do it on your own and you're going to be faced with these temptations all around you uh, because we're in this world. But uh, He can actually meet you now. You don't have to go and try the things I tried or do the things I did. He offers that freedom now. That's what's so beautiful. There's all So many testimonies are different. But um, you can you can be free now. You, can, you today is the day of salvation, and now is the day of salvation. Yeah. For your friends, for the people of Canada, if you could have a message to send to Canada, right? Um, what is a word that you can just a word of encouragement, as you are the almost like the next generation, we could say, right? That that is rising up for Canada. Yeah. What is just something that you could, I mean, if you could just speak to Canada really quick to, to, uh, to the people of Canada. Yeah, Canada, uh, I, I believe we're a nation that's, that's, that is hungry, like searching for something deeper. Like we, for a long time, I think we've strayed away from God and more into sin. But specifically what I see with the youth is that there is that generation, the younger generation that is like seeking Jesus now, they are living that I don't I don't have to go try out sin. They want to serve him now. And it's it's so much bigger than I even imagined ever since I started, just kind of uh being around it, seeing kids like way younger than me that are hungry for Jesus, that really want to serve him with their life. And uh that gives me hope. That gives me hope for our future, knowing that people aren't done with God, that they're ready to serve him now and they're giving their lives to him now and they're seeing the fruit of it like giving your life to jesus at such a young age like it's such an amazing thing because when you get protected from so much like the sin that will try to eat away at you but also i know that his plans are good like he's gonna he wants our yes so that we could be used by him for his glory for to expand the kingdom of god and i believe that's what he's doing in canada even right now um, I'm seeing the youth really hungry and on fire for Jesus. And I just know it's going to lead to this nation really changing. 